Podcast, and I am Jerry, your host. Oh, and we're back. It's been a little bit. It's probably been a little bit over a week, hasn't it? Oh, shoot. What happened? Did I take a vacation? Did I take a break? What is going on? How could I take so long? How could I leave you without anything? Well, I'm back, and I'm back for a good reason. If you've been keeping up, and if you've watched listen to watched my god as if this actually is on tv or something if you have listened to the last i don't know 13 episodes of this podcast you will know that i am obsessed with a few things one of those things we will not be covering today the other one yes we will i am obsessed with bleach and today we have the spin-off the side adventure the next level of the bleach world burn the witch I gave you a nice little pod a couple weeks back of my thoughts of what Burn the Witch will be and how it's coming and what the manga is so far and the fact that I couldn't wait for this to come out on anime format. And it has, ladies and gentlemen, it has come out three beautiful episodes back to back to back from Crunchyroll. They have been released and Burn the Witch is now complete for this first iteration because if you keep up with the news... Burn the Witch will be back for season 2-2-2-2-2, meaning there will be more anime down the road. But, let's go through this first beautiful little story that we got of Burn the Witch, and I thought it was very interesting, interestingly developed, very well done. Let's introduce you to the characters. First, there is Noel. Noel is a busty character. In, of course, the scope of anime, there always is one. Noelle takes after, if you watch Bleach, she takes after personality-wise a little bit of Rukia. Very serious, very down to do the job, very straightforward. But she has the appearance of Orihime, which is a unique twist on a little bit of a character. But a lot of these characters that appear in Burn the Witch do look a lot like their counterparts that we see in Bleach. Like, the main guy, Balgo Parks, looks a lot, a lot like Ichigo. Just a very dumb version of Ichigo. So basically, Ichigo, when Kone was in his body. Yep, 100%. Because he's obsessed with Noelle and obsessed with her boobs, which is very Kone-esque. Because he was obsessed with everything that was Rukia and everything that was Orihime and everything that was any female character. And he was dumb in the way they presented his character. And I think this character takes a little bit of that style, but he has the Ichigo-esque dimensions to his character design. From there, you get Nini, who is the other witch character along with Noelle. Bulgo is not a witch, he is a dragon clad, which seems to be someone who can perceive dragons and get them attracted to him, and they can come over and follow him, or track him down. It's, it's a weird combination of things. And in this, we get introduced to, to these three mains in the beginning, in the first episode, 
the way it starts is Noel and Nini are off, you know, completing tasks, trying to make money, because this is this is reverse London. This isn't the actual world that we see, and it isn't kind of Soul Society either. Because as we know, Soul Society was a whole nother plane. This is more of an alternate dimension of where we were at. It's like taking a parallel universe and saying we can cross between both sides. So this is what they call it, Reverse London. So it's the other side of the London that everybody will see and everybody will know. So it's it's a unique little twist on the whole concept of Soul Society. Because it isn't about the souls that get brought over. It's about protecting the world of man and the living while at the same time being in it. It's an interesting dichotomy from where we were used to with regards to, to Bleach. So, as I said, the first three main characters we get introduced to are Noel, Nini, and Balgo, and of course, their pet little dragon dog, which is Osushi. I think that's how you say his name. I have a problem with pronouncing these names. I'm always going to have an issue with that. So, dragon dog will be his name from this point forward. And then we get later introduced into episode one. We get introduced to this character named Billy Banks Jr. We don't, you know, he he's unique. He gives off that vibe that you get from all those like pervy characters who are still kind of senseis in a way. But, you know, he's not 100% that. It, 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 he's unique, to say the least. And he's very, you know, hands-off, but he's supposed to be the guy in charge. And he, he's an interesting character in just the fact that we know nothing about him. And... I'll get to it in a bit as I talk about more of these episodes, which are three separate ones, but it's one story altogether. Towards the end of the first episode, we get a declaration from the horns, the top horns, the the people basically in charge of all of this. The same level as the top 13, you know, 13 captains of Soul Society. More or less the same thing. And a lot of those characters look a lot like the characters from Bleach, but they did deviate a little bit with these characters, and we get introduced to Bruno. Bruno is a Renji type, very aggressive in his style, very direct, wants to get a certain thing done, and he's the one who gets angry about everything. So, you know, he's he's not a horrible character, but he wants to get, you know, he, he wants to get things done in his way, and he gives off that Renji energy where he's a little bit over the top, extra in the way that he says everything and the way he does everything but he's a cool character so it's all right with me but at the end of the episode we get a declaration they're out to kill our boy balgo like seriously why are you out to kill him what's going on it's because since he's been a dragon clad there have been more interactions with other dragons and you know in this episode one, we get this introduction to this dark dragon who has his face slit off and is walking around looking like salami and just out there, creepy as heck. And, you know, we get, we get Balgo, it's attracted to Balgo because that's technically what a dragon clad does. It, it attracts the dragons. And we learn about the declaration and the law that humans can't touch, touch dragons or else if they touch them, they get clocked. They get destroyed. They get killed. They get <laughs> bye. So, bye-bye. Bye. Oh. They have to go. 
So that's, you know, that's what we learn from this. And by the end of episode one, you know, they take care of the dragon, you know, Noelle, who's kind of overpowered in the way she does her magic spells. Like, she hits her. And hits the dragon. And it's it's an interesting way to show the powers because at the beginning of the episode, Noelle uses her... No other way of describing her little gun thing as a horn to begin with. And then the rest of the episode, the only time they use it is almost like a gun. So it's very weird. Does that mean that there's other parts to this that we don't know? And I think that could be. And that could end up being explored in later arcs of Burn the Witch if they feel like going down that route. But for right now, in the way that things are, at this moment, we only get this nice little arc. So as we said at the end of the first part of this three-part series, you get a declaration to kill Balgo. And then in the second part, they don't know. Noelle and Nini don't know that there's a declaration to kill the guy that they're protecting, who they don't really want to protect. Honestly, there's so much to this. And they come to find out when another character makes an appearance, Macy. Now, Macy is from the human world, the regular London, not reverse London, and she's connected to Nini. Basically like her girlfriend. There's no other way of representing it. She's basically like her girlfriend. So Nini, not Nini, Macy goes and attacks the tabloid that wrote something bad about Nini, but she attacks it in reverse London because Bruno pulled her from regular London over to reverse London because she found the dragon and raised it, more or less. Woo! That's a lot in one false swoop. You learn this throughout episode two, then Bruno makes his appearance at the... Towards the tail end of the episode, he makes his appearance, nearly knocks Nini the hell out. She falls off where she was going. Noelle catches her. You have Macy inside the building with the dragon, who's wrapping itself around her. And you have Bruno on top going like, oh, it's been declared. We get to kill Balgo. Just give us, give us him. If you two leave, you know, nothing will happen to you. But if you stay, I get to kill you too. Like, Bruno's a bastard. There's no other way of putting it. He's a bastard. And, you know, we get a little cutscene of Billy Banks, you know, trying to sneak around, figure out what's going on. And we get introduced to Sullivan Squire. Now, she's a, a one of the top horns whose interaction with Billy, while being respectful it's as if she knows something about him and who he actually is and it's a very interesting way to approach it because she has a level of respect for him that he doesn't even seem to have for himself technically or he doesn't show that he has for himself but yeah we we will get back to that so we have noel ninny and bruno Macy and Balgo all together in one little scene. You have Bruno making his attack to get Balgo while Macy is attacking the building and discovers Ninny in the reversal and Ninny trying to save Macy by taking the dragon away so that Macy doesn't have to get killed because they know each other. And technically, I think they're in love. But 
after Bruno's declaration, you have Noel and Nini saving Macy and Bogo and trying to hide. And that's how the episode kind of ends. And it's very cool way, like, if you think about it, what is the reasoning behind these two characters, Noel and Nini, all of a sudden going like, all right, you know what? We gotta, we, we gotta save them. What? Like, it's a protective instinct, honestly. It's the same thing as Ichigo. Like, he didn't care who he had to fight. As long as he had to fight somebody to save his friends, he was gonna do it. It didn't matter where and when or how. None of that mattered. All that mattered is that the fight was happening and he had to be in the middle of it. So the same thing could be said for these two characters. They don't really care about who they have to save. They just know they have to save somebody. And Bruno's kind of being an ass about this whole thing. So, that's the end of the second episode. They get away, they think they're hiding away, and they think, okay, we're going to get away. In the beginning of the third episode, no, no, wait, at the end of the second one, Bruno finds them, breaks through whatever barrier they have set up, boom, is standing there over them. I'm like, I'm here, bitches. That's basically what Bruno's saying. I don't, don't quote me, but technically he said that. So, he's standing over them. And then we get the introduction of the dragon that was with Macy who comes after Macy and saves her in a bit. And it goes invisible while attacking Bruno, scratches Bruno's dragon, and then transforms in the moonlight. And we discover that the story is that in all the ancient fairy tales, they actually represent different classes of dragon. And this dragon, which was with Macy, is the one called Cinderella. Because of the moonlight and everything, the correlation and that, and only turning at night. So you, you, you know the story of Cinderella. But this is an interesting way to integrate fairy tales. Considering that in the original, in Bleach, there's like really nothing where we would say that anything is fairy tales. Everything's more of the supernatural. But this is kind of cool, and it's an interesting way to do the dragons, because even though they're considered bad and evil, you have this somewhat human, well, reverse London human witches and dragons who interact, because Bruno has a dragon, has a pet dragon. There's no way of putting it. And then the dog, Osushi, is definitely a pet dragon. A dog dragon, but still a pet dragon, so... You know, it's kind of cool. So, Ellie's dragon now. Ellie, the dragon, who is Macy's dragon, now comes transformed, full Cinderella style, and she's about to destroy everything. For some reason, there's like little crystals that fall out of her wings after she transforms. And they blow up everything. Everything. Like, everything. And they fly on their own accord and attack. So now, Bruno forgoes his attack on Balgo and says, we need to destroy Cinderella. You two stay here, protect them, or whatever you want to do, but I'm going after her. Of course, being the characters that they are, Noel and Nini go with Bruno. They orchestrate this big attack. They do different things, and none of it is taking down Cinderella. None of it. So at one point, Bruno gets his butt kicked. Cinderella is just laying him and runs off. Because at that point, Noel and Nini have been blasted away towards Macy and Balgo. And you have them laying there. And you have Ellie the dragon 
Cinderella coming after them, lands on the roof with them, just holding there in place, landing there, and looking over them. And Macy's trying to get, you know, her dragon that she raised in what felt like had to be three days in the way the story was presented. So she's trying to get it to recognize her. And at this point, you notice something about the dragon. The eyes are red, like it's in a daze of an attack. It's not truly understanding what it's doing. So at this point, Bogo, the fake horn that he was given, transforms into a sword. And Ellie's eyes, Cinderella's eyes, go from red to blue. And it feels like everything stops. All, all her aggressive nature, all her wanting to fight, all, everything stops. And then out of nowhere, we get lasered through one of the crowns. Cinderella's down. It's over. And we get a nice little picture going across the laser. We get a finger. And guess who's there? Guess who was the one that shot the laser? Billy Banks Jr., so this character that you're going like, this is an idiot. That's what we're getting. No. This guy, this guy right here is so OP. He's overpowered. But nobody knows it. Except that at the very end, after everything's been settled, Bruno wants to waive the attack on killing Balgo. Noelle and Nilly are back to being witches, considered everything they are. Sullivan finds the hole in the glass where Billy shot from and automatically knows it was him. Automatically. Just like that. She knew. And then you get, you know, a closing scene with Macy and Nini. And a closing scene with Noel and Balgo. But Noel is now the one who's showing affection towards Balgo. And it shows that there is an affection there, even though she doesn't want to say it. And you know, that's really kind of it it's an interesting way to do the story. It's an interesting way to set up a whole new anime and a whole new manga in the way that it was originally introduced. And I think this was so well done. It gave us a whole new world to the Bleach concept. It gave us a whole new set of characters. And as I said in the beginning, they will be doing a season two. So there is going to be more to come. When exactly that is, you don't know. But it could be, I would say, anywhere within the next year. And I'm fine with that. This is okay. This is a nice little hold off because we know Bleach is coming next year. So Bleach is coming we're going to get close out on that. That's going to be great. And then this is interesting little story to go with. And it depends on how you set up the other dragons. Because now you've been introduced to Cinderella. But there's six other stories of dragons. So they have to make their appearance in some way. And they have to show up. And when they do, it's going to be interesting to see how the other characters interact with the fact that there are, you know, these crazy powerful dragons out there. Who do stuff that is insane. But it made it seem like Cinderella was the most powerful of them. But it doesn't feel like that's it. 
I guess you had to introduce the Cinderella character at this because you thought this was going to be just a small little arc and weren't going to continue it. But now that you continue it, did you kind of throw away your ace in the hole who's supposed to be the overpowering dragon of them all? Or, are, or is one of the other stories supposed to be even more powerful than the Cinderella character? Well, depending on where they head, this could be very cool in a series in a very different way of taking things. And you could eventually do a crossover, which has me beyond excited if that's the case. Yeah, this could be the thing to watch over the next, you know, couple of months when they start releasing more information. So, that was my little synapse of the wonderfully done Burn the Witch series. I thank you for listening. As always, you guys have been great. We are past 500 downloads. So many people are actually taking this into consideration and actually listening to it. I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Until the next time. Peace.